Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truths and fair warning of coming divine judgment. God has warned the world since Genesis that he prophesied he would come back to pour out his wrath upon an ungodly world. The day is so certain that all the earth should tremble, but they don't. The day is just a matter of God's timetable. It is coming, it is at hand. The time of divine intervention to bring judgment to the earth. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. This forewarning of perilous times from Daniel chapter 12 comes with the hope that God will deliver His people. Pastor Xavier opens the closing chapter of Daniel today by examining God's various means of judgment revealed to the prophet Daniel by Michael the archangel and protector, forewarning future end-time events. Let's listen. The time of the Gentiles is brought to a close with the horrible persecution against the Jew by the Antichrist. The Tentos, the little horn, empowered by Satan, the man of sin. Israel will make a seven-year covenant, as you know, with the Antichrist, and he will betray them right in the middle of that. We saw it in the 70th week of Daniel in Daniel 9.27. The first three and a half years, he will be, instead of Christ, a deceiver, false messiah. The second last three and a half years, he will be against Messiah, everything, particularly the Jews are the focus, though he will also kill Christians, but Daniel only deals with the Jew. So the angel reveal to Daniel the horrible persecution of the nation at the middle of the 70th week. Here in verse 1, characterized by three things. Let me read verse 1. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. The whole persecution of the nation in the middle of the 70th week is characterized by the following. First, the defender of Israel. Second, the devastating time of Israel. And thirdly, the deliverance of Israel. The defender of Israel comes first. Notice the angel told Daniel, the particular time of this event is when the Antichrist will attempt to destroy the Jew. Listen to the words, at that time. This phrase looks back to the Antichrist who will be attempting to destroy the Jews in the last section of chapter 11. Now the last three and a half years of the seven year tribulation are known as great tribulation. The first three and a half, just tribulation. The context again is the brutality of the Antichrist against the Jews. Keep the context, the Jews. The time notice deals with the evil character of the Antichrist against them. And as we look just briefly, I'm not going to expound much, but in chapter 11 from verse 36 on down to 45, First you have 
that the time deals with the evil character of the Antichrist against the Jew in verse 36 to 39. And there we have that he will be do according to his will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every god, speak blasphemous against the God of gods. He shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished. He shall regard neither the God of his fathers nor the desire of women nor regard any god and magnify himself above them all. He shall honor the God of forces, military power, a God unknown to his fathers, honoring silver, gold, precious stone, and pleasant things. And he shall come against the strongest with his foreign God, advance all who acknowledge him, and cause them to rule over many. And then he will divide the land of Israel for gain. That takes us to verse 39. It deals with this character. Now from 40 to 45, the time deals with the political contentions of the Antichrist. In verse 40, he begins, at that time of the end, the king of the south will attack him. The African continent will contend with him. The king of the north will come against him like a whirlwind, his chariots, his horsemen, and many ships also. That's the Russians. They will contend with him, but the Antichrist will enter their land and devastate them. He shall enter Israel, and from there seem to launch his attack against many countries. Verse 41, only Edom, Moab, and Ammon shall escape. This is the area of Jordan and Iraq. The glorious land is Israel. In 42, he shall defeat many countries, and Egypt will not escape. 43, he will gather rich treasures of silver, gold, and all the precious things of Egypt, and advance upon Libya and Ethiopia. In 44, tidings out of the east and the north shall trouble him. Regina, the last one-sixth of the Russian army. The river Euphrates will be dried up for the kings of the east to come across. Revelation 16, 12. The army of 200 million demon-possessed, driven by demons. He shall return with great fury to the valley of Megiddo, as the combined force of the world will meet for the battle of Armageddon, verse 44 tells us. The king of kings will return, destroy all with a sharp sword coming from his mouth, Revelation 19, 11 through 16 says, and he will have his place of residence, the Antichrist, at Jerusalem between the Mediterranean Sea and the Dead Sea. Amon Zion, verse 45 says, and he shall come to the end and no one will help him. The beast the false prophet shall be cast in the lake of fire alive. Satan will be bound for a thousand years in the bottom of the pit, Revelation 21 and 2. Wow, what a time. Now, notice the angel told Daniel that at this time, Michael will rise up to fight for the Jews, the nation of Israel. Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. Once again, your people. The angel Michael will stand up. He will be the one to fight in defense of the Jews. The Antichrist will be the nation's Israel's worst nightmare. The Antichrist will have no mercy on them. He will stand indicative of taking a position to confront and to do battle against the Antichrist and against all the human agents that work under the Antichrist. He's not only one, but 
other angels appeared to Daniel. This angel that's speaking to him is just one of many that we've seen through the book of Daniel. In fact, let me just give you some. In Daniel 3.28, the angel was sent to deliver the three Hebrew children, remember, from the fire furnace. In 6.22, the angel was sent to shut the lion's mouth to protect Daniel in the den. In Daniel 4.13 and 23, Nebuchadnezzar's vision, the watcher, the holy one, he saw him coming down, says, strike the tree, declaring in the vision that he was going to be removed for seven seasons as a madman until he learned who ruled in heaven. And in 7.10, before the ancient of days, the judgment of heaven was open. Thousands of thousands ministered to him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. In other words, 100 million angels there in 7.10. That's the picture of also Revelation 4 and 5, where it says that certain angels, a number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. Then he says, and thousands of thousands of angels in the church before him. Myriads of angels, innumerable. Angels found all over the place. In Daniel 8, 13, Daniel heard the Holy One speaking to the other Holy One, asking, how long will the vision be for the destruction? And he's talking about, there, about uh, the desecration, about Antiochus Epiphany, which is a type of the Antichrist. So you have all kinds of angels all over the book of Daniel, all over the Old Testament, all over the New Testament. They are ministering spirits of the earth of salvation. And Hebrews 1, 14 says, now, notice the angel Michael is the one who stands watch over the sons of the people of Daniel. He has been assigned by God over the nation of Israel. And I would imagine God has other angels over other nations because Satan's the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. He's the prince of the power of the air, and he deceives the nations. Read Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, when the fall. He deceives the nations. He has been designated as the guard, the gatekeeper of the Jews. And he was to give Daniel some consoling hope here. You can imagine, as he's giving, getting all this bad news, the remnant of Israel, in view of the vision of the future devastation of his people. He's already been there for 70 years in the Babylonian captivity, and now the years are almost up, and he's looking to God, and all of a sudden he's getting all this bad stuff. And, and I, you can almost see Daniel, when he gets this good news, that they will be delivered, kind of like a sigh. Because he loved his people. He was interceding for his people. Now, he is called the great prince. Notice that. The word prince simply means the chief or the head ruler. Michael came to help the angel, if you remember, who had uh, hindered him against the king of Persia. And so Daniel was fasting for 21 days. And uh, he calls Michael there one of the chief princes, uh, meaning there are others. But nevertheless, the word chief there means one of the first or primary. So even as Daniel had his friends also designate a different position in the suits, there's a necromancer, but Daniel was a head. He was a top man. Same thing here. Now, Michael was the only one upholding the angel in these matters. And the angel talking to Daniel said, Michael, your prince, again assigning to the Jews this angel in the nation of Israel in Daniel 10.31. So it's very clear that Michael is the one who protects the nation of Israel at this time. He is called an archangel, by the way, by Jude in the New Testament. There's only one chapter, verse 9. 
And um, no other angel is called an archangel except him. Now, theologians and commentators believe that maybe Gabriel might be an archangel, and maybe at one time Lucifer was, so that there's a corresponding archangel to the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But that's our speculation. Only one is called an archangel, and that's Michael by Jude. We know in the New Testament, an angel came to release the apostles. They were in prison. They, they went to preach in the temple. Then the authorities found them there. We know Peter was also in prison. And he, he thought it was a dream or a vision. And then he realized that the angel had let him go. Acts 5 and Acts 12. Angels are doing God's bidding even today. Now, I, I've never seen one that I know of. But, you know, we entertain angels unaware, the Bible says. They're doing God's bidding. They're also cherubim. Cherubim are associated with the throne of God. You see them on the Ark of the Covenant, and, and they are related to the justice of God and the throne of God. You see the first one in, in Genesis 3.24, guarding the angel, and they kick Adam out so he wouldn't come in and eat fallen and, and then eat the tree of life, and we wouldn't have redemption. You see them in the Ark of the Covenant, Acts 25, 18 and 19 is one of the passages. Then you have seraphim. Seraphim fly overhead. They have six wings. Two, they cover their face. Two, their feet. Two, they fly. And they cry out, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Isaiah 6, 1 and 2 also. And now some cherubims have four wings too, uh, but they're different functions of them. Now, there's also the archangel that we see here, Michael. And he is the only one. Uh, so the defender of Israel will be Michael, the archangel. Okay? He's the one. At this very specific time, the last three and a half years, from the abomination desolation to the end. Now notice, secondly, comes the devastating time of Israel. Listen to his words. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. What scary words. These are God's words through the angel. The angel told Daniel that this particular time of persecution of his people would be the worst in the history of mankind, which is in harmony with all the rest of the prophets. This period of great tribulation is a part of what's called the day of the Lord, which is known by other names. It is known as the day of Yahweh, that day, the great day, the day, appearing more than 75 times through the Old Testament. It is identified with the wrath of God upon the sinful world. A time of affliction, distress, darkness, indignation, dissolution, punishment, judgment, both in the old and in the new. The prophet Joel is identified as a prophet of the day of the Lord. He spoke around 845 B.C., 300 years before this chapter that Daniel has given to us. Joel's message is both historical and prophetical judgment of the day that he prophesied short-term and long-term for the end times. And his ministry was to Judah and Jerusalem. Now, the prophet Joel revealed the nature of the source of this period of the day of the Lord. Now, the day of the Lord is not a one-time event. When the rapture happens, that begins the day of the Lord. That includes the first three and a half years of false peace, the last three and a half years that we're looking at, that includes the second coming, the judgment of the nations, the thousand-year reign, the white throne judgment, and then it stops, and then we enter the new heaven, new earth. So it's a period of time that has a lot of events, okay? This particular time falls right there in the beginning. 
The prophet Joel reveals the nature and source of the period of the day of the Lord in Joel 1.15. He says the nature is destructive. Amos confirms it. Sephaniah confirms it. The source is God Almighty. It is God's wrath upon the earth. Okay? Satan is given authority. Satan is given limitations. Luther said that Satan is God's ape. He's got a long chain, but he is on a chain. The instrument is Satan, but the wrath is from God towards an ungodly world. Prophet Joel reveals the warning and the certainty of it in Joel 2.1. The warning is symbolized by the sounding of the trumpet, the alarm, according to Numbers 10. When they went to war, they would sound the alarm. God has warned the world since Genesis. Jude 14 and 15 says that he prophesied he would come back to pour out his wrath upon an ungodly world all the way from Genesis. God has never brought judgment upon the earth before giving sufficient warning about the judgment. Take the days of Noah, a hundred years. Now God knew that nobody would repent, so he could have brought the judgment the very next minute. But he waited a hundred years that no one can ever say, God is not patient. God is not merciful. He waited 100 years. Sodom and Gomorrah, Pharaoh, Nineveh. How about us? Since the New Testament, since Jesus died and rose, it's been 2,000 years, and the world mocks it. But it's God's absolute truth. The certainty of the day is marked by two things. The day is so certain that all the earth should tremble, but they don't. The day is just a matter of God's timetable. It is coming It is at hand. Joel again reveals the severity in chapter 2, verse 11. The Lord leads and commands his heavenly army. Ooh, you don't ever want to confront that army. One angel killed 185,000 frontline Assyrian troops one night. The Lord is strong who executes his word, he says. The day is great and terrible. It will be unbearable. Who can endure it is rhetorical. No one. The phrase identifies the time of divine intervention to bring judgment to the earth. The phrase is an eschatological term for the end times. The word eschatology, the study of end things, big theological word. Now, notice the prophets that came after Joel equally spoke of the day of the Lord. Jeremiah foretold a period of horror. Listen to, listen to these words. Alas, that day is great, so that none of it is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. Not like it, he confirms the words of the angel here. And as we'll see the words of Jesus. Listen to Isaiah, Isaiah 12, 2, 12. For the day of the Lord Yahweh, the Lord of hosts, the captain of the armies of heaven, shall come upon everything proud and lofty, upon everything lifted up, and it shall be brought low. Men have big mouths down here. None will have a big mouth when Jesus comes back or in heaven. And I know no one has a big mouth in hell right now. All right? Everyone who thought they were bad here know they're bad now. They're not shooting their mouth, guaranteed. 
Isaiah 13, 6 and 9 says, Well, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, all hands will be limp. Every man's heart will melt, and they will be afraid. Pangs and sorrows like take hold of them. They will be as the pains in a woman in childbirth. They will be amazed at one another. Their faces will be like flames. Behold, the day of the Lord has come, cruel in both wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he will destroy its sinners from it. Ezekiel 30, verse 3. For the day is near, even the day of the Lord is near. It will be a day of clouds, the time of the Gentiles. From the head of gold to the ten toes, it's coming to a close. Sephaniah. 1, 14 through 18 says, The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens quickly. The noise of the day of the Lord is bitter. There the mighty men shall cry out. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of devastation and desolation, a day of darkness, gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm against the fortified cities, against the high towers. I will bring distress upon men, and they shall walk like blind men, because they have sinned against the Lord Yahweh. Their blood shall be poured out like dust, and their flesh like refuge. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in that day of the Lord's wrath. Everybody boasts with their money, and they think they're untouchables, not in that day. But the whole land shall be devoured by fire of his jealousy, for he will make speedily radiance of all those who dwell on the land. Malachi, the last prophet to speak, 4.5 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Elijah is one, Enoch will be the other, the only two that have never died physically. Amazing. So the prophets that spoke after Joel confirm it. Here Daniel is a confirmation with the rest of them. Now notice the horrible, devastating time of the great tribulation that fit into the period of the day of the Lord is also confirmed not only in the Old Testament, but also in the New. Let me give you some of their words. First, let me give you Daniel's words, and then we'll match them up. Daniel 7.25 says, He shall speak pompous words, speaking of the Antichrist, against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change the times of the law. Then the saints, the saints, the Jews shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time, the last three and a half years. Context, saints, the Jews. Daniel 8, 24. His power shall be mighty, the Antichrist, but not by his own power, satanic. He shall destroy fearfully. He shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people, the Jew. Context, the Jew. Not that there won't be Christians, but Daniel's focusing upon the Jew. The words of Jesus are the most important. Listen to him. Jesus said it would be time of spiritual deception. In uh, Matthew 24, verse 4, Jesus said the love of many would grow cold. Matthew 24, 12. Jesus affirmed the horrible time to come to the Jews. Listen to him. For then there will be great tribulations such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, elect's sake, the Jew, those days will be shortened. Matthew 24, 21, and 22. Matthew 24, Matthew 25, they're like Twinkies. Do they still sell them? Twinkies, they go together. Do not separate Matthew 24 and 25. Don't put the church in there. The church is nowhere in there. It's Jewish ground. 
The words of Paul, this is the second Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Willful rejection. Nobody will end up in hell, damn, because God sent them there, but because they rejected the way to heaven. Very, very clear. The devastating time of Israel will be satanic through the Antichrist. Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of tribulation and judgment do the nation of Israel spelled out throughout both the Old and New Testaments. Now you can hear this message again if you like online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And though we've had to break for today only part way through this message, if your schedule won't permit you to tune in next time for the conclusion, as always, you can pick up your own copy of this study as well. And the title you want to ask for is simply The Horror of the Great Tribulation. It's available on CD for just $4. Again, that title, The Horror of the Great Tribulation. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 